The number of football players at the high school and college levels who are dying from conditioning is actually on the rise. It's a very concerning statistic. Now joining us here on the show to talk about this is author and investigative reporter Irving Muchnick. Good morning, Irving. How are you? Good morning. Thanks for having me, Rob. Absolutely. So this is a topic that you wrote about in a new book called Without Helmets or Shoulder Pads. How did we get to this point where every summer, it feels like, every year, there are reports across the country of high school football players actually dying from conditioning too hard? Well, Rob, I think it's a, it's a matter of uh, the, the culture of football having just too uh, uh, strong a hold on, on all of us. Uh, kids are four and a half times as likely to die non-traumatically in football, that is, from preseason conditioning, without uh, making a single blocker tackle in anger. And I think it's a, it's a way for us to get into the whole topic of football's overall public health harm instead of this obsession we've had for the last 10 years or so with uh, concussions, traumatic, uh, chronic traumatic encephalopathy, uh, brain trauma, and so forth. Uh, it's my feeling that as popular as football is, it's not an activity that belongs in our public schools or on our public fields. Uh, let the parents who want their sons to get involved in this extracurricular activity uh, do so in private programs. Yeah, we've been, you, you mentioned like over the last decade, it feels like uh, there's been more of an emphasis on focusing on CTE and brain injuries from football. And, and we're seeing it at the youth level where, you know, there's, kind of this cultural shift of maybe it should be flag football instead of tackle football for you know some of these kids but at the same time like it's conditioning you know people aren't really thinking about some of these kids are are being pushed too hard in 100 degree weather not getting enough water or, or whatever it might be do you also think it's an issue where coaches aren't properly trained on what is consider too much? Well, there are multiple factors at play here, but, but I have to challenge the idea that it's about conditioning, because if you read the anecdotes in my book, and there are three, uh, there are three in-depth narratives of deaths, one from uh, bronchial asthma, one from uh, exertional heat stroke, and one from something very few people know about, which is an exertional collapse associated with sickle cell trait which is something that affects the African-American community, since one out of 12 African-Americans carries the sickle cell trait. If you look at these things in total, it, it's, really about, uh, it's really about a performative exercise in making American boys uh, more masculine and tough. It doesn't really condition them. It doesn't uh, lead to a real competitive edge. It's just something coaches do because they can and because people believe that it's part of the culture of football. And I think it's something that more people need to be made aware of because there's a, there's a tremendous subsidy of the $15 million billion a year National Football League with this free developmental system in our public schools. And there are tremendous uh, subsidies in our insurance and healthcare systems that go well beyond concussions and even, frankly, well beyond death when you look at spinal injuries, 
neurological injuries, internal organ damage, and diminished quality of life for the American male population that participates in football. We're talking with Irving Muchnick. He's the author of a new book called Without Helmets or Shoulder Pads. Also in this book, Irving, you, you mention uh, you know, not just youth football, not just high school football. Obviously, this happens at the college level as well. Uh, tell me about some of these stories, some of the examples. Wasn't there a, there was a, a serious cover-up or a, a scandal about a conditioning death of, of uh, a player at Cal, right? Yes, uh, Ted Agu, a 21-year-old son of Nigerian immigrants, carried the sickle cell trait. University of California knew that. He participated in a bizarre uh, uh, sort of a, a specially designed drill by the strength and conditioning coach that involved, you know, running up and down a hillside carrying a heavy rope, heavy cabled rope, and he collapsed and died. And uh, uh, University of California uh, uh, called the coroner's office and said this was obviously uh, a, a coronary issue, hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. I uh, can't even say the word, but HCM. And, uh, and the uh, medical examiner didn't even look into the, uh, the uh, exertional collapse from sickle cell trait angle until there was a family civil lawsuit against Cal that settled for $4.75 million. But the university uh, succeeded for a couple of years in concealing that fact from the public and uh, that's the way it works in, in the football world. Uh, every once in a while, you uh, pay off a, a wrongful death settlement and, uh, and you move on. It's the cost of doing business. Do you think football coaches are somehow protected uh, when, when it comes to these types of cases? Well, let's just look at that Cal example. The coach at the University of California, Berkeley, at that time was Sonny Dykes who didn't fare too well in Berkeley. He moved on to uh, Southern Methodist University and then to uh, Texas Christian University, where last year he, he took his team out of nowhere to the national championship game. He's the toast of college football right now, and uh, very few people know that uh, his resume includes uh, killing a kid in his program. Irving Muchnick. And his book, Without Helmets or Shoulder Pads. Anything else you'd like to add, Irving? Anything else that uh, might convince people to, to buy this book and, and really take a, a serious interest in this topic? Well, Rob, nobody's saying that football should be banned because you can't. But right. what I think we, where, we, where I think we are with, with football right now is where the tobacco industry was after the Surgeon General's report in 1964. And what we have is what I call a concussion industrial complex. It's similar to filtered cigarettes and other sort of so-called mitigating things that were done by the tobacco industry. Uh, uh, football manufactures doubt about all of the science. It, uh, it, it has cottage industries improving helmets, changing rules, uh, having software for return-to-play protocols. All these things are nonsense, and uh, we're, we're at a, a point with this... Uh, with this hugely popular sport where it's not sort of like uh, the Roman gladiators uh, in the end game of the Roman Empire, but it's exactly like that. And I think, you know, football fans, football players, everyone should take a step back and look at the possibility of downsizing, not banning, but downsizing this industry. 
Irving, how can we get a copy of your book? Well, go to your bookstore. Uh, go to Amazon. Uh, you can see all the ways to uh, to buy the book at my website, concussioninc.net. Concussionsinc.net. Irving Muchnick, author of Without Helmets or Shoulder Pads. Thanks so much for taking some time out of your morning and, and being with us here on WPTF. Thanks very much, Rob.